0: So, our first reading is from uh, John chapter 17, starting at verse 20. So, this is Jesus praying to the Father. So, John chapter 17, starting at verse 20. I do not ask for these only, but also for those who will believe in me through their word, that they may all be one, just as you, Father, are in me and I in you that they also may be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. The glory that you have given me, I have given to them, that they may be one even as we are one. I in them and you in me, that they may become perfectly one, so that the world may know that you sent me and loved them even as you loved me. Father, I desire that they also whom you have given me Our second reading is from Psalm 133. Psalm 133, a song of ascents of David. Behold how good and pleasant it is when brothers dwell in unity. It is like the precious oil on the head running down to the beard. of the beard of Aaron, running down on the collar of his robes. It is like the Jew of Hermon, which falls on the mountains of Zion. For there the Lord has commanded the blessing, life forevermore. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
1: My name is Richard, um, one of the associate ministers here. Um, please keep your Bible open at Psalm 133. I'll be looking at that, we'll be looking at that together. Um, It's a a psalm about the wonder of God's people gathering together and being family. Let me pray for us. Heavenly Father, your word uh, brings true wisdom. Please, Lord, would we hear your voice tonight? Lord, would you would you speak to us and give us hearts that are, are ready to listen, Lord. Your way is the way of, of true and lasting peace. As we know your forgiveness and your strength and, and your, um, your life-giving word, Lord, we pray that you would give us open ears to hear and to obey. In Jesus' name, amen. How glorious it is when. How glorious it is when. I wonder how you would finish that sentence. How beautiful it is when. Perhaps you might finish it. When my football team is 2-0 down and they come back and win the cup final. How glorious that is. How wonderful it is. It makes me want to jump up and down and, and shout and sing. How wonderful it is. How glorious it is when. When someone buys you the present that you've been waiting for for such a long time, how did they know I wanted that? How wonderful that is. Or how wonderful it is when when the bell goes at the end of the school term and the holidays have begun. It just makes me want to to jump and, and shout for joy. Well, this psalm, Psalm 133, it teaches us not to take the church gathering for granted. I think that's one of the great lessons coming out of lockdown, isn't it? And that perhaps the Lord has been teaching us, don't take the the gathering of the church for granted. It's a wonderful thing. It's a glorious thing. That's the message of this um, the church family, being family together, gathering together and loving each other as family should. It's the most glorious and wonderful thing in all creation. It's the most wonderful thing. Um, Let's have a look at this psalm. It's got three parts. um, Praise, pictures, and power. Um, Let's have a look at those three. So firstly, praise. The psalmist, he commends to us um, church family. Um, Why are we a family together? It's because we belong to Jesus. He's made us a family as his people. He's adopted us into God's family. That's what Jesus left his throne in heaven for, to come down and win for himself, brothers and sisters, you and me. He came and suffered and died to win our salvation, to win our forgiveness, that we, and to bring us into God's family with, with God the Father as our heavenly Father, that we might, that we might know the love of, of God the love which God the Father has loved, God the Son, for all eternity. That we might enter into that family love. And be and know that love. To know God as our Father. What an amazing thing. And to share that as a family. There's nothing more beautiful and wonderful in all creation. It's good. It's pleasant. It's, it's an emotional word here when it says how, how good and how pleasant it is. It's that kind of a thing that makes you want to jump up and down and hug somebody and say, this is amazing. Um, We're supposed to look at church, being family, and say, wow, that's what what life is supposed to be like. That's real life. Worshiping God, not on my own, but together, enjoying God as God's family. Of course that's real life. That's what we were created for. When you look in Genesis 1 and 2, the Lord says many things are good. He uses the same word. Creates. And he says this is good, this is beautiful, this is wonderful. But then in Genesis 2, there's something that's not good. Isn't there? As, as Adam is on his own, it's not good. Adam is made and, and we're all made to, to worship and to know the Lord God and to enjoy him forever and to glorify him but not just on our own, most wonderfully, we're made to glorify God as a family, as his family, to know him and to be part of his family. That's what real life is, and that's what real church is. So church is amazing. Gathering, when church gathers and together and loves each other, it's and not just living our own individual lives, but living a, a, a life together, a common life. Sharing each other's joys, sharing each other's sorrows, praying for each other, encouraging each other, gathering together and celebrating each other. That's real life. It's the most amazing thing in all of the world that God has made. And the psalmist is jumping up and down, getting excited about it, and he kind of um, he's lost for words to describe it. I mean, it's often the way with very strong emotions. You can't sort of dissect them and say it's exactly like this. But sometimes pictures really help. And he, uh, the psalmist um, in verses 2 and the beginning of verse 3, he gives us two pictures. He kind of wants to say, I can't describe it to you, but let me give you a picture. And maybe that will help you to see just what an amazing blessing it is that God has poured out in making a church family. It's just the most wonderful poured out blessing that God has poured out for us. Um, So both pictures are about something that's poured out. In verse 2, David says, It's a bit like anointing oil poured on the head of the high priest. And we've been looking at priests, haven't we, um, in Hebrews. Um, And the Old Testament priests, they were a little foretaste Of Jesus. Jesus is the real priest. And those priests in the Old Testament, they they offered, um, they went into an earthly tabernacle and they offered animal sacrifices just to be a little, a foretaste so that people could see that Jesus, the the real priest who was to come, Jesus who's, who's made us part of God's family, who's paid for our sins once and for all, who's made the true sacrifice with his most precious blood and brought brought us into God's presence forgiven. Well, those Old Testament priests, it must have been an amazing thing to be a little foretaste of Jesus. How amazing that must have been when when they consecrated and set apart a person to be a foretaste of Jesus and his great work. It must have been a huge celebration as they anointed that that priest, and poured olive oil, a special oil, over the priest's head to say, this guy is going to serve as a little foretaste of Jesus. It must have been a massive celebration. And the oil that was used was really special. It was fragrant. It was holy. And the point here, the point that the, the, um, the, the David is bringing out is that it wasn't just a little bit, I've been baking a little bit with my children over lockdown, and making some biscuits and cakes and things. And sometimes we put in a little bit of vanilla essence, and I've learnt, I've learnt that you should only use a really tiny bit, like one drop. Um, and but this, the blessing, the the blessing on the uh, high priest wasn't a vanilla essence kind of blessing. Just look at it in verse two. It's like the precious oil on the head running down on the beard, on the beard of Aaron, running down on the collar of his robes. This was not a vanilla essence kind of blessing. This was a oil poured out running down his beard, running all over his clothes, very messy, drenching kind of blessing. Um, David is saying, church family when church is family together gathers together and loves each other it's like that it's not a it's not a vanilla essence sort of blessing it's a anointing the high priest drenching oil going down his beard all over his clothes kind of blessing it's a a massive blessing a drenching kind of blessing can you see how good it is the blessing that god's poured out it's a great blessing and then just in case you haven't got it, David goes on and says, here's another picture of what it's like. It's a little bit like, in verse 3, it's like the dew of Hermon, which falls on the mountains of Zion. Well, Mount Hermon was the highest mountain in Israel. And so I think the idea here is of moisture coming down from, from, from on high and drenching. Filling with dew the hills of Zion, the hills where Jerusalem is, where God's people would meet. With dew here in, in England, is in a rainy country, it's not particularly special. It's nice, but it's um it's just more wetness. But in Israel, in a hot country, in a dry country, dew is special. Dew is important. It could mean the difference between life and death. It meant the difference between harvest and no harvest. It made the plants grow. It clothed the hills with life and green. Dew was special. It was precious. It was wonderful. It brought life to the world, literally. And the psalmist David is saying that church family, when church is really family together, when we meet together and live life together, it's glorious. It's not a dry blessing. It's not an empty thing. It's like the dew coming down from on high and drenching the mountains and bringing life to the world. It's a glorious blessing. Church being family together. It's so glorious. It's so special. And David goes on, it's so special. It it should make us ask, what's going on? Why? Why is it so good where does this incredible blessing come from? A little bit like Moses when he saw the burning bush. Do you remember? He he, said, he did a dub, double take and said, "What is that? Um, what is going on? I've got to go and see this amazing thing and figure out what is going on." Well, the church, being family together, is something so amazing. It's such a glorious miracle that the Lord has made. It should draw us to think, where is this coming from, this amazing, wonderful thing? And that's the last bit of verse 3. For there, the Lord has commanded the blessing, life forevermore. How can we explain the wonderful blessing of church, being a family, loving each other, forgiving each other, sharing life together, sharing... Sharing griefs, sharing joys, and walking together, how can we explain it? Well, it only makes sense when we see the one who is behind it, the one who is the source of all our unity, the God of salvation. He is behind our unity. He is working out his purposes in us, his purposes of eternal life. There can be no other explanation For the church family it's the handiwork of God himself so when church when we live as a family when we gather and love each other as a family it's a delight it's a delight to us I hope you feel something of that today just as you look around as you as we're together isn't it a delight but it's also a delight to the Lord God it's a delight to Jesus Christ our Savior of course it is What was on Jesus' lips as he headed towards the cross? What was his prayer? It was the unity of God's people. The unity of God's people. That was the joy that was set before him, to have his people united, united to Jesus, knowing salvation completely in him, united to the Father, united to each other. In love as a family under God, from all different nations, joined together perfectly in Jesus, from all history, from the beginning of the world to the end, a family of God, a people chosen to eternal life, a glorious, wonderful blessing. Blessing of all blessings. So, as we gather and love each other as a church family, the Lord Jesus delights in us and sees it as the fruit of his labor. How precious it is, bought with the precious blood of our Savior. It's delightful to us, it's delightful to our Savior, but also it's to be a delight. To those looking in from the outside, to those who don't yet know the the wonder of Jesus Christ, that's part of why, why church, gathering together as a family, is so important. The church, when we love each other, when we gather, when we forgive each other, when we walk with each other, it makes the gospel visible you know, the good news that we share, that the Lord Jesus has come, he's died for sinners and he's risen again. that Anyone might turn to him and take his hand and be saved. That, that gospel is made clear, it's is illustrated in the church as we meet together, in our relationships, as we forgive each other and love each other. People outside are supposed to wonder at our our love for each other and our unity amidst all our differences and say, what is going on? I've got to come and see this. What's what's the explanation for this great mystery? Where's the power coming from? And they'll find that the only explanation is this, that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, that he is the Lord of life, and he is in our midst. He is the foundation of our unity. He is our power. We are united because we have one faith, one Lord, one baptism. We've been washed clean and accepted by Jesus who died for us. And that's why we accept each other and love each other and are patient with each other. We have one God and Father who is over all and in all. As we gather and love each other as a church family, as we live as a family should, Sharing our life. The gospel is made visible to the world. So we see in this um, praise that David says, it's just so good. It makes me want to jump up and down. When I I think about the church family being family together, praise, pictures. He gives us these two great pictures of how great a blessing it is that God has given us. And power. Where's the power for it? It's the Lord God is working out his purposes, his glorious purposes, life forevermore. The one closing application for us, what does this mean for us? Very simply, devote yourself confidently to your church family. Stick with it. As Rob was saying earlier, stick with it. and you won't be left disappointed. This church family is, is real life. It's where the Lord is working out his glorious promises. Devote yourself confidently to your church family. Um, please keep keep coming to, to church. Keep gathering together in the services where we can. Um, pray for each other by name. That's a great way to enjoy and celebrate church. And it, it brings up... Uh, it, fulfills our joy when we're praying for each other, and, and then we see each other and our joy is complete. Um, pray for each other. Keep, um, keep in contact with each other through, um, through prayer times, through, um, ha- through home groups. Um, devote yourself confidently to your family You will not be disappointed. This psalm is true. It is real life. It is where God is working out his purposes. Yes, it's difficult at the moment. Yes, there are many frustrations. Um, Wearing a mask, not being able to sing properly. Um, Perhaps above all, the fact that we're not able to, all of us, to meet together um, each Sunday. Um, And yet... This is where the Lord is working out his purposes. And we have this great promise, don't we, that one day, one day the Lord Jesus will come and gather his people together perfectly. So yes, we face frustrations now, and we will do. The church faces frustrations in many ways, perhaps especially now. But we know that one day the Lord Jesus will gather us perfectly and we will see him face to face. The one that we see now by faith in his word, as it were. One day we will see face to face in perfect joy. And then we will say, Behold how good and pleasant it is when brothers dwell in unity as we worship the Lord Jesus, our precious Savior, face to face, forevermore, not just on our own, but as the people of God. Let me pray for us. Behold how good and pleasant it is when brothers dwell in unity. Heavenly Father, we thank you. Thank you for each other as church we thank you for giving us a church family thank you for the many ways you've blessed us in our lives by people in church family and by gathering together lord we pray that you would engrave this psalm on our hearts as as one of the great lessons we've learned over lockdown lord that we wouldn't take it for granted the glorious blessing of gathering and living together as a family i mean jesus's name amen